All right, everyone. Welcome back. This is Ladies on Leadership. And this is Leah Hess and Dr. Tracy Jones. And on today's Ladies on Leadership podcast, we're going to talk about something really real, laissez-faire leadership, what to do if your boss does not care as much as you do. So you're not going to want to miss this one. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast. This is Leah Hess. And Dr. Tracy Jones. And we're going into a Ladies Ladies on on Leadership. (laughs) I got too excited to knock my microphone over. (laughs) Okay, so today we're going to address a question that was sent in from one of our listeners. Thank Mm. you so much. And if you have a question, please feel free to send that in to us at info at TremendousLeadership.com. Or you can go to www.TremendousLeadership.com. There's a contact button on there. And Mm -hmm. you can send it on in. Just say it's a topic for the podcast. But I'll jump into what we're going to talk about here today. Mm-hmm. Tracy, could you talk about how to get your upper management to step up and solve workplace problems? Mm. There is a chain of at least six people above me at my job. When I try to go up the chain of command with about an issue, no one in the chain wants to do anything. Is there anything the under chain employee can do about this? <laughs> My heart goes out to you. And first of all, as Leah said, send us in your questions. This is actually from a gentleman. So although it's ladies on leadership, this is everybody. Yeah. And I really feel uh, for anybody going through this situation and any leader, uh, I don't care where you're at, if you're alive and paying attention at work, you have experienced this. Mm -hmm. So this is the universal pain point. Um, I love The Office. Like you during this pandemic, you've probably been getting your share of watching (laughs) it again. And I... um, uh, I love the the character of Robert California in the later the series. Weirdest, the, weir- the weirdest, the weirdest but funniest. Funniest. Now yeah. I can't stand him as a boss, but I couldn't work for <laughs> Michael Scott either. But there's a line Robert California says when Nellie comes back while Andy went down to Florida to get Aaron, and they're like, "Hey, she just came in and took a seat. Do something, Robert. Do something." And he turns around, and he looks at Jim, and he says, and I quote. Sometimes you just let the flowers arrange themselves. And I was like, <laughs> and that's the, he's the CEO, the operating he's the CEO. CEO of so the he's company. the one that can do something. Nellie just walked <laughs> in and she saw an empty seat. She just took it. Okay. And the management job. And the management she job. She took the management position <laughs> and he says, just let the flowers arrange themselves. Right. And I call that, and I've blogged about this and written on this extensively, I call that laissez faire leadership. It is my most Load, they say hate is a strong word. No, I hate laissez-faire leadership. I would rather have somebody out to get me mm. because at least I know where I stand. Laissez-faire leadership means they don't e- they don't care enough to even take a review of the organization. And for people like us, emerging leaders that expect leadership, when we come to them with an issue to do something, this is debilitating. Yes. I mean, you think you're losing your mind, you lose sleep, you can get sick. I mean, I almost went through, you know, a mild, very mild case of like PTSD one time because it was like, I mean, they just made me think I was crazy. And I'm just yeah. like, guys, this is so wrong. And they're just looking at you like, what do you expect me to do about it? Um, and it, it's, I'm sorry, go ahead, Leah. No, I, it, it is like, <sighs> and it's, if you, I mean, I pray you have not had to experience this before, but if you have, it tends to be that when you bring an issue up, it gets pushed back on. Like Jim did. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, what do you want me to do about it? Just deal with it. And, you know, I read a lot of books, you know, leading from the second chair and I'm like, but that's not the natural order of things. You know, there's a hierarchy and there's There's a reason reason. for, there's a reason for it. Leaders get paid bigger bucks because they're supposed to make decisions and take care of the overall health of the organization. And that means dealing with problems. And so many leaders are, I'm not going to 
I call them leaders, pseudo leaders, laissez-faire leaders are conflict avoidant. So let me just remind you, okay? It's first of all, it's not going to change. You can't push a rope. And the more you try, the more it's going to it's going to fall back on you. Now, you say, "Tracy, <laughs> what do I do?" Well, here's the deal you have to remember. No one can make you do anything illegal, immoral, and ethical. So first of all, you own that. Just cuz somebody else isn't doing their job, if if it's not stopping you from doing your job, you're just going to have to realize, okay, I, I can't really get behind my boss the whole time. But even though I had many laissez-faire leaders, I never stopped doing my job the right thing. But I also realized, number two, you got to realize the hierarchy knows that they're doing this mm -hmm. and they're allowing it to go on. So if you think somehow your organization is a great organization, except for this one idiot ahead of you, wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> because if it was a great organization, the mid-level managers would not be substandard. And there's a great book called The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership by Steve Sample, one of, I think, the 10th president of USC. And he says, the problem is A people hire B plus people, B plus people hire mm. C people, C people hire F people. So unless you make sure everybody's really robust, yeah. you dumb down the chain. And this happens because people are threatened or whatever. But you got to mm. make Sure. So don't think just because your boss, everybody's A's up there, he's an F, and everybody's A's down here. Uh 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 uh. This has been a permeating throughout the entire organization. Mm. And when they allow people to, like that to stay in leadership positions, you just have to come to the realization that leadership allows substandard or laissez-faire leaders to stay in the position. Now in the office, it's funny because it's a miracle that um, you know Dunder yeah. Mifflin even survived, but it was a TV show and a really good one at that. But that's not the way the real world works. So what's going to happen? The price it's going to pay is organizations, if you're like this, and I know you won't listen to me because you think I'm the problem. Okay. I get that. You know, everybody always thought we're the problem and there's things I could have done better, but you guys that are listening, that are feeling this, you're going to have to go someplace else. Wait until the time is right, but yeah. it's not going to get any better. And just realize, please, this, you're not going insane. Okay. Mm. This is the way it is. And they're going to lose people that are morally coded, um, critical thinkers mm -hmm. and don't tolerate stuff. I have, especially in faith-based organizations, it's like, well, if they haven't abused a child or murdered anybody, they can stay. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Proverbs is about excellence. Excellent. Even if you have a sourpuss attitude or your gossip, mm, mm, yeah. you can't have that. You can't have that. So, I mean, it's just, it's just the threshold of level. So just sharing that, I wish I could do something and wipe all the people out that shouldn't be there, but that's up to your leadership team. And if they don't do it, all I say is thank God you saw it because now you know exactly what you're dealing with. So I think one of the, the interesting things to pull out of this is from, from this person's perspective, they're recognizing that there's so many layers of people. So what, what is the, um, walk me through what the best case scenario is. If you're trying as a follower, say you've only been in this organization for a year and a half mm -hmm. and you, you've got a good feel on what your job is now. And you're starting to realize that some of the issues that you thought you could just fix with processes, mm -hmm. you can't. It's always personality. So yeah. what, what do you do? Well, as long as you can keep doing your job, if you're okay with it and it doesn't make you physically or psychosomatically sick, <laughs> uh, that's okay. Because a lot of people still, ca I can't because I'm like, whoa, whoa. But that's just, that's the kind of follower I am. I'm like, excuse me, teacher, there's something going on not right and you need something's to fix wrong. it. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Help me, fix help it. Me, help me. Fix it. Um, not everybody's like that. And good for you if you're not. Um, but you just have to really look at this and say, are you still able to do your job? 
Most of the time you're not. You're going to have to walk around on somebody, walk around on eggshells, deal yeah. with the toxic personality. And even if you're okay and you keep yourself sequestered like boy or girl in a plastic bubble, it's still going <laughs> to permeate throughout the organization. Yeah. So sooner or later, you're going to have to realize, and trust me, I've, I've done this. I've tried it. I've thought, oh, oh, they'll get it sooner or later. No, they won't. But that's okay. As long as you're there, gain as much experience as you can. And learning how to work in this kind of situation is a wonderful thing to recognize it and learn how to survive in it, gain all your experiences, and then start looking for something else. Man, and the perspective is such a key point because there's there's a sense of you have to be so sure of yourself and confident in your own abilities oh. so that you don't get pulled into yes. things getting pushed back on you and thinking it really is all your fault or right. problem because it it's never all your fault or problem unless you did something really substantially messed up, in which case they would have just fired you, I would think. Right. But well, and if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in any kind of a bureaucratic organization, this is really going to be a push. So I was in bureaucracies my whole life, the military, Fortune 100, defense contracting, government contracting, huge bureaucracies. I didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur. And there's a quote that says entrepreneurship is the last refuge of the troublemaking individual. Okay. I don't consider myself a troublemaker. I just want people to do their job and be honest with taxpayer money. But apparently in bureaucracies, there's a lot of bloat. There's a lot of cronyism, a lot of nepotism. And I'm sorry, it's just the nature of the beast. It's in the Bible, the parable of the, of the, of the uh, mustard seed that grows up under the tree. I'm not dogging any industries, but bigger is not necessarily better. So, I mean, you may, if you're undergoing this, this may be God telling you, Hey, you know what? You need to go to a smaller business or you need to branch out on your own because you know what? Then you you get to call your own shots and and pe- bring people in your team um, that you really really uh, manifest this kind of non laissez faire leadership, this active leadership. I think one of the biggest takeaways is that you start to learn as a follower how to better interview when you go to interview for a job. You know what things really triggered you negatively yes. before that you can ask. Does this culture exist here in this right. business? And also even seeing, well, this is this size of an organization. And so if I was in a smaller or larger one, would it fix the issues that I'm seeing? Would it just be uh, different or would I maybe not come into contact with it as much because it's so expanded that I don't yeah. have to deal with it? Yeah. So there's all those layers of evaluation you get to learn to do. And I think I just look at those kinds of situations when you get into these really, really tough circumstances, it turns into this beautiful pressure cooker. And as long as you can stick it out, you're not supposed to forever. Because I don't think that's right. I think you should move on to something where they're going to value you and listen to you and respect you. But the longer you last in a circumstance like that, the more you're going to be able be able to develop as a leader, your personality will develop, you'll see how things that you may have done before trigger followers Mm -hmm. that you would have never realized. Mm -hmm. So it's really able to hone your skills and to really sharpen, hey, that's something I really can't go there. And it's something you would have just naturally done before, but you realize it doesn't seem that big of a deal to the person doing it, but man, that's really destructive to the people that it's said to or something that's not said to them. Right. So, so like she said, in your next job, if you do get the, make the transition, make sure you interview your leader and say, Hey, this is who brings out the best in me. Hmm. What's that like? Um, half the jobs I had in my career, I never should have taken because they were doomed from the failure from the beginning. (laughs) Um, but I will say this, um, you know, the other thing is it it is their organization and they have a right to run it the way they are. So be very careful about getting nasty. Don't put stuff out there. Don't go to the press. That's nonsense. Okay. There are ways to handle it. If you 
can't respect your chain. And I understand that. Um, you need to find another chain to get into, even if it's doing your own thing. So I just yeah. remind that too. Even if people are lazy or crooked, uh, you still need to be professional. You still need to keep doing your job. And um, that's the beauty to- of living in America. Yeah. You can go find another job. You could change professions. You can go do something else. Mm-hmm. And I love that about our country. Me too. <laughs> Respect. Respect. America. America. Respect. <laughs> so that's um, that's a little bit about laissez-faire leadership and how you would react as a follower to better handle that circumstance. But we thank you so much for sending in the question. We encourage our listeners today to send in questions. We love getting feedback from you. Please leave a review wherever you're listening to this, whether it's uh, watching the video on YouTube or if you're listening, wherever you listen to podcasts, your reviews help us not only get out to more people, but it also helps us understand how our uh, content is coming across to you. So thank you so much for listening. And we've got tremendous books if you're looking for personal growth opportunities on our website at tremendousleadership.com. And we're running a special where if you get uh, orders of $100 or more, you get free shipping. So that's, of course, in the continental United States because we love the U.S., but it's also just expensive to ship elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So check us out at tremendousleadership.com. Thank you again for listening to Tremendous Leadership. And this is Ladies on Leadership. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.